A couple weeks ago, I received word that a friend of mine and a classmate from, from high school was on a vacation with his family. And we had a small high school, he was a classmate, he wasn't a close friend of mine, but 60 or 65 students in our class up in Minnesota, he was go on with life and you lose track of people and, and hear word that he was on vacation with his family. Uh, they were traveling out to California, uh, visiting the redwoods along the coast, just gorgeous, gorgeous setting it sounds like. And, and as they were along the, the coastline in this area um, known as the Lost Coast, apparently what had happened is his 13-year-old son had lost his footing and, and fell down into the, the pounding surf along the, the rocky coastline. And my friend Steve, like any father, like any parent, jumped in after him. And his son had, had broken his arm somehow in the fall, was struggling uh, to... Uh, make it back to shore, and Steve jumped in and r- rescued his son. He got him to the coast, he got him back onto the rocks or onto the, the beach, and it's at that moment that a huge wave came over him. And while his son was safely on the shoreline, Steve got pulled back out into the water. And it was some moments later that his family saw him, but by this point he had been pulled out to sea and he was face down floating in the water. He paid the ultimate cost to save his son. Real story, true story. You know what, there's not a parent in this room that wouldn't do that for the child. See, that's what a parent does when a child needs rescuing. A parent will do what is necessary to see to it that that child is saved. That's what dads do for the kids. Find that as if reflected on it in the days since and others with me, that profound story of a man who would give his life the ultimate cost for his son. I find it an intriguing kind of question, though, when you get to a night like this, where the Son of God is not rescued. The Father does not throw out a a life ring. He doesn't jump in and, and save His Son. That doesn't happen in this story. Do you find that at all troubling at all? I mean, if God is love and God is defined by being loving, why would it be that the Father would watch seemingly idly by, as we're going to hear, while his son would die? I wonder if it were just death that he faced. Maybe, wow, I mean, but, but there's so much more. <laughs> the Son of God would come into this world, the Son of, of the Father, and... And as a dad, I I watch this unfold and and hear it again and and I'm reminded, what in the world is going on here? What kind of father allows his son to be brutally treated, to, to be harassed, to be spit upon, to be laughed at, to be mocked, to be brutally tortured? What kind of dad allows that to happen to their kid? You know, along the way and along the, the ministry of Jesus as he grows up, we, we find there's an intimate relationship that he has with his dad. 
That moment when he's just a, a young boy at the age of 12 and, and Mary and Joseph, they're in Jerusalem and they leave and they realize Jesus isn't part of the family group. He, he's missing and it takes several days for them to go back to Jerusalem and then they find him. He's in the temple and Jesus makes that statement. He says, wouldn't you know that I'd be about my father's business, my father's house? Intimate relationship with his dad. Another time as Jesus' ministry would unfold that Jesus would say, the Father and I are one. Or another time he said that I can do nothing apart from the will of my Father. That intimacy that Jesus shared with his Father. But where's Dad when Jesus makes his way to the cross? When he pours out his heart in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying and saying, Lord, if, if it's possible, Father, may you take this cup of suffering away from me. But not my will, but your will be done, Father. Or when the arrest plays out and, and all of his friends desert him and he's alone, being taken away, brutalized. Where's the Father? When Jesus is finally falsely accused and tried and, and convicted of, of death. And he goes to the way of the cross in those words that he calls out as people are cursing at him and laughing at him and, and saying, oh, come on, call on the strength of Almighty God if he's really with you. And, and where's the Father then? And with those final breaths when Jesus calls out, Eloi, Eloi, laba sabachthani. As he's quoting Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What kind of father allows his son to die while he seemingly just watches? What's going on here tonight? You maybe heard it said that a pastor once was getting ready to start worship in his, his, his church. And, and that Sunday, he saw him come in, this older man. And he took his place toward the back, and, and, and Pastor's eyes lit up when he realized who it was. As they made eye contact, he knew exactly who it was. And he called him forward to come, come up. And, and as he was making the morning announcements, he said, I'd, I'd like to introduce all of you to a, a dear friend of mine, someone that I really, truly do consider to be close. And, and I've often called him a second father to me in a big way. And I want to introduce him to you. And, and this man stood up and uh, asked, could, could I say a few words? And the pastor said, absolutely. I'd love for you to say a few words. And, and he stepped up to the lectern and, and he started to tell a story. He just started right off. He said, there's a father who once was faced with a very difficult situation. He had to make a choice. He was out sailing one afternoon with his, his boy, his only son, and, and they were having a great time, and, and his son had brought along his best friend. And as they enjoyed the weather and the smooth sailing, the weather changed. And the storm whipped up seemingly out of nowhere, and, and it, it tossed that boat back and forth, and it then capsized. And in this moment of tragedy, as the, the water was churning and as the waves were going over the top of it and the boat was actually starting to break apart, that father, in the midst of that moment, had to make a decision. Both his son and his son's friend were calling out for help. They were going under. They were drowning in the midst of the surf. The father 
knew he had to save them, but he could only save one of them. He was faced with a difficult decision. And in that moment, going through his mind, he's thinking about his son and what he knows about his son, the fact that he'd raised him as a baptized child of God, that he'd affirmed, reaffirmed again and again, growing in, in the word of God and reminding him who he belonged to, that he was a treasured child of the one most high, that he'd been redeemed by Christ crucified, that he was truly a member of God's family. He knew that his son's soul and his future eternally was secure. And that father knew that about his son, but he also knew this about his son's friend. It was some weeks before that his son had shared that he was worried about where his friend was at spiritually. He wasn't sure he had any relationship with Almighty God whatsoever. He was concerned about him. and He desired to share Jesus with that, that friend. All of this was flashing through the father's mind in that split second of a moment when he needed to make a decision, save his son or save his son's friend. And really after he thought it was an easy decision, he went and he rescued the son's friend. And with that, the old man smiled. And he said, on that day, I lost my son. But over the years that would pass, heaven would gain a second. And he is your pastor to this day. You see how that happened? It's amazing how in a moment of, of, of truth, when a decision needs to be made, and one is rescued, and one is allowed to die, that something even greater occurs. And now we start to see what's happening here tonight. You see, the father knew that only his only son would need to die so that you and I might be welcomed into the family tonight. Maybe you've learned that verse from long ago, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. Or how about the one from 1 John chapter 4? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we would be called children of God. And that is what we are. All made possible by the sacrifice and willing sacrifice of the Son of the Father would be willing to set us free and redeem us and rescue us. And now it starts to make sense. That father, that father loves us. And that father loves his son. And that son of the father loves us too. Enough to sacrifice his life. May we behold it. And may we take it in. And may we celebrate that rescue tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.